H. Rittenhouse not guilty. As to the second count of the information, Richard McGinnis, we the jury find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. As to the third count of the information, unknown male, we the jury find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. As to the fourth count of the information, Anthony Huber, we the jury find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. As to the fifth count of the Everybody, it's Kyle Dockery with the Dockery Docket. We are here with our very 82nd episode of the Dockery Docket. I'm excited to be here, and I hope that you are excited to be here as well. So, it is time to go back to Kenosha, Wisconsin, as after four long days of deliberation, the jury has found the defendant, Kyle Rittenhouse, not guilty on all charges when it comes to the shootings of these three different protesters. This was a case with a load of ups and downs. It was a trial where it seemed like Kyle was innocent the whole entire time, but there was still some fear that the case would go a different way. However, this trial was way deeper and way bigger than Kyle just being found innocent. As for this trial, there were so many lies. And there were so many people that were trying to manipulate it into something that it wasn't. And along with that, there was a lot of jury intimidation that could have led to this case being a miscarriage of justice. The foundation for everything that happened in Kenosha as there was rioting and looting, but it was fiery. It was very fiery, but it was mostly peaceful. All of it was a lie. With the Jacob Blake case, the media failed to tell you that the woman that called the police on him was his ex-girlfriend who had a restraining order on him. And according to that girlfriend, he tried to rape her. Now, I know what you're thinking. This doesn't mean that he had to be shot in the back six or seven times, right? Correct. And back then, the media would have told you that Jacob Blake was just this innocent man that was just walking to his car and the police just fired on him because they had nothing to do. However, this was a lie. What the media didn't tell you was that he walked away from the police and then when he opened up the car door, he had a knife on the floorboard of that car. Meaning that he was armed when the police shot him. I mean, I feel like this Jacob Blake case is so very important. This is why you need to go back and look at episode 40 where I talk about all of the different Jacob Blake and Kyle Rittenhouse case. I feel like that episode is very important right now. 
But it's also very important to remember that the Jacob Blake case was the foundation of this massive lie, as the media ran with the story that this was just an innocent black man that was just randomly shot by the police for no reason. This lie then led people to go out into the streets and start protesting by starting fires, looting businesses, and being anything but actual peaceful protesters. But the media lied once again and said that the rioters were fiery but mostly peaceful. If the media wouldn't have lied about the Jacob Blake shooting and instead waited for all the evidence to come out and say, hey, this guy has a criminal record and he tried to rape his girlfriend and he had a knife. I think that the riots in Kenosha would have at least been smaller. And if we had more police presence, then there wouldn't have been a reason for Kyle Rittenhouse to go to Kenosha, Wisconsin in the first place to help defend property. But that is exactly what happened. Kyle went down to Kenosha because the police weren't doing anything. And he put the safety of the community into his own hands. Does it make it right? No, I believe that Kyle Rittenhouse was kind of dumb for going down there. I mean, if he was going to look back on this situation, he probably would have said, maybe I shouldn't go. Maybe I should stay home. And a lot of people have said that, that he should have just stayed home. He didn't need to be there in the first place. And that's true. However, it wasn't illegal for him to be down there. He was allowed to be down there like all the other people that were protesting that night. And even though there was a video beforehand of Kyle Rittenhouse talking about the things that he was doing in Kenosha, cleaning graffiti, helping people with different injuries that were happening, the media continued to lie over and over and over again about what Kyle's intentions were that night. As the media instantly made this entire case about race, when it had absolutely nothing to do with race at all. This narrative has been in the media for a very long time, as this year we had the Derek Chauvin trial. He was also accused of white supremacy, even though he had no intention of killing George Floyd because he was black. The same thing happened in this case, as according to John Heilman, who is a national affairs analyst for MSNBC, he said, A white Trump-supporting, MAGA-loving, Blue Lives Matter social media partisan, 17-year-old, picks up a gun, drives from one state to another with the intent to shoot people. Also, when the story first came out, there was an idea that Kyle Rittenhouse shot and killed two black people. This was later disproved, and it was revealed that all the people that Kyle Rittenhouse shot in self-defense were white. Also, according to The Independent, which is a UK-British newspaper, they wrote, After the verdict was given, Teenager who shot three black men with rifle found not guilty on all charges. Once again, you can see that they're trying to make it about race when it's not even about race. As the idea of him shooting black people was disproved by the actual case. And by the fact that all the people that Kyle Rittenhouse shot in self-defense were white. The media still ran with this white supremacy theme as even candidate Joe Biden at the time released a video showing all the white supremacy that Trump hadn't disavowed from. And in that video, there is an image of Kyle Rittenhouse. People all over social media, all over Twitter are like, this kid is a white supremacist. He doesn't like black people. He only went down to Kenosha to shoot black people. And it is not true at all. It is not a fact. The courts even got Kyle's phone, and there is no evidence that he wanted to go down to Kenosha to hunt or kill people at all, whether they're black or brown or white or anything. 
He did not want to go down there and shoot anyone. He even said this on the stand. He said, I didn't want to go out there and shoot people. He knew that if he had to shoot people, it would have been the last resort. And it would have been in self-defense no matter what. There are also other myths, also known as lies, that the left also wants to run with, which just turn out to be big, fat lies. The biggest one of all is that Kyle Rittenhouse took his illegal AR-15, which is a military-style rifle, across state lines. First, under Wisconsin state law, Kyle Rittenhouse was allowed to own a AR-15-style rifle, and this is why the judge threw out that charge. Also, I mentioned last week that the gun that Kyle Rittenhouse had was held at his friend's house who lived in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and they did this to follow state laws. So he wouldn't have to carry his AR-15 across state lines. The only person in this whole situation that crossed state lines with an illegal handgun, Gage Grossgroys, a.k.a. Bicep Man. So already we have a heap of lies that the media just adopts as their own and runs with it. Joe Scarborough even said about Rittenhouse on live TV that a 17-year-old kid just running around shooting and killing protesters. He continued by saying, who drove across state lines with an AR-15 and started shooting at people. We know that this is not true. And we already know that Kyle didn't shoot anyone unless he was in danger. His gun was being grabbed. He was getting hit with a skateboard or someone was trying to kill him with a handgun. All of it was in self-defense. And this idea that he went there just to start shooting people is a complete and total lie by the media. Because of this media foundation of lies, there was an idea that this Kyle Rittenhouse person was an evil person before all the evidence came out and the trial began. If you or someone that you know bought into this media narrative that Kyle Rittenhouse was a white supremacist that illegally crossed state lines to murder black people, you would want him to be found guilty, right? Some people decided to take it into their own hands and try to intimidate the jury, meaning that people wanted to make the jury scared so then they would say that Kyle Rittenhouse was guilty no matter what. They could have said things like, oh, you better say that Kyle Rittenhouse is guilty or we'll burn your house down or we'll burn your city down. Remember, the people from the jury were the ones that lived in the city when the fiery but mostly peaceful protests started. So if people could make the same threats, maybe the jury could be persuaded into saying that he was guilty because they don't want their city to be burned again. The first incident of jury intimidation happened a week ago, I believe. The judge claimed that there was an incident at the bus stop that the jurors were at, and it was reported that someone was recording the jury. The judge, according to Fox News, went on to say that I've been assured that the video, which had been taken, has been deleted, and new prosecutors are being instructed so that something like that should not occur. He also said that if a situation like this comes up again with the same person, he has a right to take the phone away. Now, this judge is a little bit older. I believe he is three years older than Joe Biden or three years younger. I can't remember. But I mean, he is very, very smart on the law and stuff, but he might not be as smart when it comes to technology. As for some smartphones, I know it works with mine and mine's Apple. I don't know if you have Samsung. That's another topic for another day. But if I were to delete something off of my phone, it goes into the trash can folder and I can go back into the trash can folder and I can pick that photo and, and I can recover that photo and make it like it was never, ever deleted. What if that person that was recording the jury did the exact same thing? 
he deleted it off of his phone. He said, here, officer, look, it's deleted. But in reality, it went into his trash can folder. He recovered that video, and now he has it on his phone. And what if that person decided to leak it to the public? Then it would mean that the jury is in serious danger of the violent mob coming to their houses. It is sick stuff, and people that want real justice shouldn't be okay with this at all. Then there was another situation where a reporter who claimed to be from NBC News was following the bus that was full of jurors, but he claimed that he wasn't taking pictures of them. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. This led to the judge of the trial to kick out MSNBC from his courtroom over fear that they would try and intimidate the jury in some way. Even the judge of this case was receiving death threats and also vile messages. And once again, they claimed that he was also a racist, terrible person. One email read, I didn't know that under your black robes of justice, you wear a white robe of the Klan. There is no way a fair trial can be heard under your supervision. Better yet, resign. Another pleasant person wrote, If I ever see you in person, I fully intend to directly spit in your face, regardless of the cost. You're disgusting. You can see from these emails and also from the different intimidations that the jury was getting that the judge and the jury had a lot on their plate when it came to this case. They were trying to see if an 18-year-old would end up in jail for his entire life or if he would go free while dealing with death threats and the possibility of their city being burned to the ground once again. I wouldn't have liked to be a part of this jury or judge at all, but I think they did an excellent job, as of course I thought that the jury would come back after an hour or two with a verdict of not guilty. Instead, it took almost four days, because I believe they wanted to make sure that they got everything right. They didn't want any regrets or to question anything at all, they wanted to have 100% proof that their decision was the right one, and I honestly respect that, even if they came out and said that he was guilty. There was even a situation where they continuously looked at different video footage, and I believe that the defense got mad and asked the judge if they can look at that video so many times. Why are they watching that video so many times? And the judge was like, I don't care if they watch it uh, four times or 200 times. I would rather have an honest jury that looked at all of the evidence 600 times and said, okay, this is what I believe from that video, than a dishonest jury that is looking outside the courtroom right now and seeing the people are starting to get prepared to riot and other people that are trying to intimidate them and make the wrong choice. Stepping back from Kenosha, I wanted to talk about how this case affects you and your daily life. There was a situation with the prosecution's closing remarks that shocked me. As the assistant district attorney, James Krause, argued Monday that the defendant brought a gun to a fistfight, and he was too cowardly to use his own fist to fight his way out. But this man continued to dig deeper, as he later said, everyone takes a beating sometimes, right? He continued by saying, sometimes you get in a scuffle, and maybe you do get hurt a little bit, that doesn't mean you get to start plugging people with your full metal jacket AR-15 rounds. This argument right here is directly against the idea of self-defense. Let's say, for example, on the stand is a woman that was about to be raped, but instead she pulled out her pistol and shot the man. Would the prosecutor say, well, that woman brought a gun to a fist fight. You know, a lot of women have been touched inappropriately. Or let's say you're walking down the street and a man tells you to give him all your money. You say no, and so he swings and punches you in the face. Are you supposed to take it? Are you supposed to say, 
oh, I had a gun on me, but I didn't want to be accused of racism or anything, so I didn't use it. No, you protect yourself, and you shoot if you have to. Not all willy-nilly. This is not me calling for violence. But if you feel like you are in a situation where your life could end, you have a right to defend yourself. And that is exactly what Kyle Rittenhouse did. If this would have gone the other way, then your rights to self-defense would be gone because you can just take on any person with your fists, right? It's just ridiculous to me. Now, I know that there will be people on the other side that say letting Kyle Rittenhouse go out will create more Kyle Rittenhouses. Let me be clear. This is a good thing. If they act just like how Kyle Rittenhouse did and don't just start randomly shooting into a crowd of people, then that's a good thing. You know what? I am willing to go deeper into this, and this may get me in trouble, but I would rather have a thousand Kyle Rittenhouses defending my city than a thousand rioters or arsonists trying to destroy my city. I mean, that's the question of the day today. Which would you rather have? A thousand Rittenhouses defending your city or a thousand of these arsonist rioters destroying your city? The sad thing is, is that people seem to forget or maybe they don't even know the reason that Kyle Rittenhouse shot the first man in the first place. They seem to think that the protesters were all just standing there singing and then Kyle came in and killed all of them. That's not true. This is what actually happened. The first man, along with other peaceful protesters, were lighting a dumpster on fire and were planning on pushing it towards a gas station, which would have caused a major explosion. Do you know who was running with a fire extinguisher trying to put that fire out? Kyle Rittenhouse. This is why Guy 1 got so mad and chased him and then tried to reach for his gun, which then Kyle shot and killed him with. This wasn't him just randomly shooting into a crowd. I've said that so many times because it is so important to debunk that lie. This wasn't him going to Kenosha to hunt people. This was a guy that was going to Kenosha who was trying to protect his city, trying to help people out and stop the violence. He had every single right to be there, even though he crossed state lines, just like other protesters did on that night, and even illegal immigrants have done on the southern border. But those people don't get fined or they don't get death threats or anything. Kyle was not violent, but these protesters and rioters were. And if Kyle didn't have his gun, his head would have been smashed into the concrete, and he probably would have died alone on the streets, trying to put out a fire, trying to stop the violence from happening. In the end, the foundational lies that were told by the media were not enough to change the minds of the jury. As to me, the jury made the right decision to not listen to the lies from the mainstream media, and from the left, and focus on the truth of the case. Kyle acted in self-defense, 100%. We have also seen from this case that the right to defend yourself is still in order, and the Second Amendment is still the law of the land. And for that, I am very, very happy. For this situation, all that we can hope for is that more cities won't be burned to the ground, and maybe some people will stand up for themselves and for the cities that they love. And with that, I just want to thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Dockery Docket. And until next time, like my mom always says, be good, be kind, be loving, goodbye.